Welcome to the Mystical Motherhood Podcast. This is Pritam Atma, and today's guest, Andrea, is found on Instagram under the crystal situation, at the crystal situation. And she is a crystal curator, a personal crystal crystal whiz, and can help to create a new vibration within your house and your life. And she personally works with people and can purchase any kind of crystals you want and send them to you wherever you're living. But we didn't even get into crystals as much as I was hoping today in this interview. We started to talk about synchronicities and dreams. We talked about aliens and galactics and planets and how to manifest during this really, really pressurized time on the planet during COVID. We spoke about relationships and love and each story wove into the next one and it was really really cool and interesting conversation and I love I love speaking with people like this because I never know where it's going to go and that's what this podcast is all about is just getting kind of new and versatile information out there so that you can begin to open your mind and awaken that there's all kinds of possibilities out there that are beyond your belief, beyond your logic, beyond what you think you know. And that's how you drop into the heart. And that's how you begin to awaken to a new reality and create something completely new on this earth through high creativity. So I hope you enjoy this podcast. If you have any questions, please reach out to me at www.mysticalmotherhood.com. Both of my books can be found on uh, my website and via Amazon. If you Google Pritam Atma, Mystical Motherhood is my first book, and my second book is called Fertile. And Andrea can be found on Instagram at The Crystal Situation. Enjoy this podcast, and don't forget to leave a rating. So my name is Andrea Wright. And I am technically the crystal curator on Instagram. And most people know me as the crystal situation. The crystal situation is sort of my brand slash platform for um, all things crystal. But since COVID, um, it seems a lot of personal fun stories are popping up. So it's a very much, it's becoming more of like a lifestyle thing. And I have had a crystal business for a couple years now. And I started like you. I just liked them. I thought they were pretty. I started going to shows and buying them. And I knew of the metaphysical aspects to them. So I'd be like, oh, I actually, my, my first um, my first crystal purchase was at a farmer's market in Brentwood in like 2008. And I was with my friend and I was an actor. I was an actor for a long time in, in LA. And I suppose I still am, but... I don't know what anyone's doing now. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anyways, you know, waitressing, always broke, that kind of thing. And we go by this little crystal cellar and I see all these little tumbled stones and, you know, one's good for prosperity and one's for good luck. And I was like, I need these. And I bought a few and I turned to my friend and I'm like, do not tell my husband I just spent $15 on. Yeah, <laughs> now it's like a thousand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now like, I, I'm like, well, as, as I started going to shows, um, I was just buying for myself because I was like, oh, wow, I can, I can get these really affordably. And um, I, uh, I came back from one show and I don't, I don't even remember how it happened, but I was, I was on eBay and I was like, I could sell these and make a little from it because, you know, it's, it's a bit of an upsell on eBay. So I loaded a few and I think we sold over the year, like one or two every month so and that was that and then each year I would buy a few more 
and a few more. <laughs> and so in two, 2018, I had gone kind of big. Like I went, I think maybe I spent like a thousand, let's say, I don't even really remember. And I was just posting on Instagram, like just went to a crystal show. These are all the things that I've got. And I had them uh, out on our balcony to get their full moon bath. And someone, someone noticed it at Rama where we've met the Rama yoga studio and uh, Guru Jagat, who owns the studio said, does she want to do a trunk show? And I was like, I don't know. Do I want to do a trunk show? And all of a sudden it just completely opened up. And I was like, yeah, I do. And so the shows were still sort of happening. So I went and I bought more things because at first I was just buying like some amethyst and just like a few things to have in the house. And suddenly I'm feeling myself like energetically, suddenly I'm shopping for everyone. I'm, there's a huge audience that I'm not, it's, it's like, imagine getting a call to host a dinner party and you're like, Oh, I'm going to have a dinner party. And oh, everybody. Yeah. Everybody. Does, is there, is there stuff on hand that everyone's going to want? I don't like broccoli. Someone else might like broccoli. So I'll get some broccoli and yeah. you know, suddenly you're just like, you're a oh, home. Yeah. That's a cool way to think about it. And yeah. you know what? Guru Jagat put me on my mission too. And it was years, six years or seven years ago, I heard her name and I asked for my destiny to be changed. And I did a healing with um, someone who did Satnam Rasayan and practice oh. with uh, Yogi Bhajan. Yeah. And I called her up and I said, Hey, I need a, I need the destiny healing. And she goes, well, I happen to be in San Francisco tonight. Can you come tonight? So I, I pulled some money out and I didn't tell my husband cause it's like way too much to tell. I think I hid it over like, like a year. It was like so much money. And then I showed up at her house and I handed her the, the, I don't want to say how much. And then she did the destiny healing. And two or three days later, I heard the name Guru Jagat. Uh-huh. And then from that name, I heard Immense Grace. And she had just put out this Immense Grace, right? So I signed up for Immense Grace without knowing anything about who she was, nothing. I knew nothing. Mm-hmm. Signed up for it. And in one of the first Immense Grace videos, she says, the frequency of women have to change because they birth the children in this world. And it's like all of what I came here to do dropped in me within whatever she said, something like they birthed the children. And it was like, Oh, change the women. Then you change the children. And it was like such a futuristic concept, but so simple, but it's like, it just takes a moment of you to be like, I remember what I came here for. It's just a sentence said in the right tone, said in the right thing. And it's like, I'm getting from you, you go back into Atlantis doing stonework. Do you, is that your, and so like you're re, integrating this past carnation stuff into this lifetime. You get that? I get it. And I get it also as the, the really hugely resonant um, message has been as above, so below, as above, so below. That's and alchemy. That's all I talk about. Yeah. I've been in this quarantine period and able to really just shut out any other distraction that I would have, because like I said, I still had a foot in the film industry. So any day I could get a call to go work on set somewhere. And that's a major like departure from being meditative and, you know, suddenly you're thrust on a film crew. So I've had this unbroken monotony in a way of meditation and really um, locking in and getting very clear on where I come from and what my actual home source is. And I mean, where, where do you come from? I'm, I'm <laughs> all right. I'm going to say this, but I'm going to preface it with, I am very much East coast 
So people understand that I'm not just like, oh, I am, you know, goddess, blah, 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 blah. Like I'm very much in a process of integrating the information myself in a very cynical, weird way. So part of me is like, that sounds bonkers. And I'm pretty sure I'm from a far reaching, let's call it a suburb of uh, the Sirius planet system. I'm I'm from Sirius too. Hi. Yeah, okay. I'm from originally from Lyria or I planet Illyrian, and I I know that sounds nuts. And four years ago, I wouldn't have known what I'm talking about. No, no. <laughs> but it's like they came. They've they're integrating into our reality on such a level now right. that we're remembering where we came from. And yeah. as I believe, the DNA will change on the planet. Yeah, and, and we I, all have I, to remember where we're from. And I would say too, it's not even their integrating. I think this, it's been here. It's, it's sort of like they're saying to me, we've been here all along. You're just starting to learn how to hear better, how to understand better, how to translate the light codes better. Yeah. Because prior to this, it was a sort of a subtle experience. Maybe it was like an uncomfortable feeling or a feeling of disharmony or just why do I feel off? And then as I meditate more, as I settle more, as I lock in more and just allow myself to be like, you know what, I'm just going to pretend even that I'm in full resonance with it. And that's when I'll start writing. And that's when I'll start feeling myself literally putting words, English words to these frequencies and these codes that are coming to me. And I can feel myself searching for the word. And I'll be like, am I making this up? Am I just trying to like find narrative? And no, I'm trying to match my dumb little human language with something that's beyond letters and sentences and phrases. You know, I've, they, I I never would, I've never talked about this on a podcast, but it's so necessary at this time. But, but all of my books were written because I get these downloads in my phone and these started actually in the Himalayas and then in um, Colombia when I was doing some work on opening the heart chakra. And so they'll send me a series of photos, which I'll send to you actually in a text message that are different sizes and different shapes, different colors with different um, language in them. And sometimes it's like, on your phone? On my phone, yeah. And so like the the way I wrote fertile, it might sound absolutely nuts, but I was in the Himalayas after doing the stairs with Guru Jagat and I got 46 photos put in my phone while praying. I was praying and I was putting up some prayer flags and uh-huh. I was saying, help me to awaken humanity, help me to awaken humanity, help me to awaken humanity. And I was about to get in a cab because I had to leave early to get home to my girls. Um, to a taxi with my ex-husband, you know, like I was like, I got to get home. I'm like, you know, like in the Himalayas trying to get a cab to go home to my children naturally. But I get these, I got 46 photos in my phone and they're all different colors and they're all different shapes and they're all different sizes. And they had shapes and one of them had a full blown eye in it. And it's on my Instagram under Pritam Atma from the Himalayas. I'll, uh, I'll tag you in it. A full-blown eye, other ones, but they all have sandstone colors and they're all in different shapes and sizes. And so there was 46 of them. Yeah. So I called our friend Joanna, you know, Joanna. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So I called her and I said, what does 46 mean? So I'm trying to figure it out with everyone who doesn't think this is weird. You know, we're just trying to figure out what the download is. And I said, oh my gosh, there's 46 chromosomes in the DNA. That's what I was just thinking. And then I didn't, I had to logically speak it out. Right. So I put the photos in my phone. I mean, the photos I put, that they were transferred to the computer, which I did. And then they erased from my phone. I could not find them again. They erased, erased. Yeah. So then on my computer, there was 48 of them. 
Okay. And I didn't do that. So I was like, who, somehow another's 48. So I said, what does 48 mean? I was meditating and I heard in the meditation, I heard, okay, grab the book. It was um, the flower of life book. And oh, yeah, said, yeah. Grab the flower of life book off the shelf. And I hadn't read it yet. And a friend had given it to me before we had yeah. moved to Ireland. Matulcidic, right? Yeah. Amazing yeah. book. If anyone hasn't read the flower of life, read it. Right. So I opened to the end. And it was about the conception of the baby and the sacred geometry, which I got separate you know, experiences and meditations writing fertile about that. Then I opened to the next page and it says the 48 chromosomes of Christ consciousness can be found in the great pyramid. And I said, Oh my God. So I called a girlfriend and I said, I'm supposed to go to the great. I mean, it's just so casual now. It's just like, like I just take it because you know, when it's right, you're, there's no uh, anxiety around it. It's sort of like, now I'm supposed to go to the great pyramid. Yeah. So I said, I'm supposed to be go to the great pyramid. I think I'll go in nine months. Didn't say anything else. So I called a couple friends. I said, are you going to the Great Pyramid? I'm supposed to go to the Great Pyramid. And nobody was going. And then a friend called me and said, hey, this guy Abdi's going to the Great Pyramid. It was about nine months later. And he says, and I said, I'm supposed to go. Yeah. So I jumped ship, got, went to the Great Pyramid. My whole life changed. I left my husband. I left my life. I wrote Fertile. I moved to Brooklyn. My entire life changed. But there's some books I want to give you because the goddess Isis and the great, all of this the original DNA is from planet Sirius. Okay. Oh yeah. To be st- to, to, to come back. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're well, just trying to, re- to remind us where we can, I mean, is that a nutty story or is that kind of normal to you? Oh, because that's what, like when you're, it's like, you know, when I started doing the crystal work, for example, I was always living in a very limited way. Like, well, I have to stay close to home in case I get a call to go work somewhere and you know, when you're working as an actor, you never know where the next page is, blah, blah, blah. And then when the crystal stuff happens, I was off like a shot. And all of a sudden, I'm dropping money, like not even thinking about it, when, like going to a show and coming back and being like, yeah. And that's, and it's, to me, it's when something bigger than you is running it. And I don't mean something separate from you. I think that we're all co create, we are all co creating, but I believe my higher self. Is, is part of the council that I can, that I consult with now on a daily basis and something bigger than me is pushing me out the doors, pushing me to the show is saying, yeah, you're going to take them all to New York. You're going to take all the crystals to New York. You're going to, yep. You're going to take all the crystals to Mallorca. You're going to take thousands of pounds of crystals over to Spain. Doesn't make sense, but you're just going to do it. And I I never questioned it. I just kept going. But you know what it is about what I'm reading for this for you is it's not necessarily about the money you're going to make. It's about the charging of the, you're going to sacred sites and you're bringing the crystals with you because the crystals are healing the land as you go. So as, as we, if everyone who's listening, what we're talking about is going to open, it's going to open your mind to possibilities. And when you begin to awaken there is no such thing as impossible and there is no such thing as where you end and another, I mean, boundaries are good with humans, but when you begin to fully awaken to your God consciousness and your crystalline form or you, that you are here for something bigger, right? It, it becomes surreal. It, the game gets real, right? And so you become a healer of lands and of people. Mm-hmm. And so everywhere you go is not by accident anymore. And every what you're doing there. So my frequency does a certain thing. Your frequency is I need to bring these stones there to do the healing. So tell me about that. Well, so the one thing I just want to say also, and like 
one of the channelings they just did, they were like, we want you to delete the word problem. There is no such word. There's no such thing as a problem at this point. There's puzzles. There's new things you haven't done yet that you're, that, and you'll learn as you go. Like there's no such thing as a problem. It's all part of a process, a journey, all of that. And in terms of the light codes, it's, it's, it's such an overused term, light worker, to say, oh, I'm a light worker. And yet I do, we all have our own specific light codes. Like, like our DNA is specific and unique to only us, so are our light codes. And so like you said, it's not about making money. It's not about selling. It's not about that at all. It's about, it is about a transaction because human beings need a framework. They need a transaction. And what I have experienced personally, I just had a reading with Michael Lennox, who is um, an astrologer and, and a good friend of mine. And I did an astrology reading with him. And yes, he was an, he's a master and expert. He told me all this astrological stuff and I'm listening and I'm, and I'm nodding. And I went home. I was so flattened. Like I had just had this huge energetic transmission experience. And I was like, yeah, it wasn't about it. It, it was about astrology for my, my ego mind, my intelligent mind. I had to have information to process. But meanwhile, in our subtle bodies and our energetic bodies, there was major, major, major energy transformation happening that, you know, I don't, that I just, I just don't think my brain can handle like in a conflict in a, in an ego way. I just trust, I trust that it's happening. It's sort of like you have the anesthesia and you just trust you go down and you have the happy, like, you know, blackout or twilight or whatever you wake up, the surgery's done. And, and you know, you didn't that's have to alchemy. Feel- that's what I talk about with alchemy is it's a, it's a psych. And that's what all these books I write about are is like, the, the, the real true awakeners are, we work at a faster pace. The alchemists okay. on this planet are working at a faster pace to yeah. move things forward. And maybe our lives like move at 10, 10 miles per, you know, like 10 times the speed where we may be growing at two, four, eight, 16, 32 speed. Yeah. But then that means maybe 10,000 more can go at a little faster speed. Precisely. And we're, you know, Think about it. I mean, I, I was in college when the internet happened. When the right, internet the internet is just an example of, of consciousness. And I say to people, I'm like, imagine what it was like when suddenly there was electricity. Like, I mean, we were, we were, I was coming of age in like a major, major, major movement. And as even, I think your Jagat has said, like, you know, we're in an, ana- we're, we're in an analog age now. Wait, analog's the old thing, right? I don't know, but it's <laughs> something... Like we're in a smartphone age. I was the clunky, the clunky like landline phone. And I am now kind of racing to keep up with now, you know, the, the Bluetooth or whatever. Right. Um, but in terms of the crystal transaction, it's the same thing. I, 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 you know, someone comes to me for a crystal and we work that way. And that's kind of like the play, like that's the play that we're putting on. Like, we're like, okay, let's do that thing where you buy the crystal and I send it to you. But what's really happening is, Whatever is coming in for, for me is transmitting into the crystal. It's transmitting into our experience. You and I are having a conversation right now, and there's a whole other movie going on that is sub, it's, it's, it's this light alchemy that you're speaking of. Like, we are already living multidimensionally, and that's what I think the more I relax into that and just because the, the 5D is happening, it's all happening. The, the codes are coming in. The messages are coming in. Our job as as these as these humans is to do these the three D activities to 
facilitate the messages coming through. For you, it's writing the books. It's like, okay, I'm sitting down. And if you were just looking at me physically, I'm sitting down typing. That's my physical job to do right now to allow these things to come in. For me, it's like, okay, somebody wants a crystal. I'm going to go get it. I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to do it. And the whole time there's this, there's this light show happening in my opinion. Mm, That's a cool way to think about it. Right. Yeah. There's a light happening when you're writing. As long as there's no self-importance in it, because then that's when we have to get like, there, that can't be, I mean, I don't feel like it's not from you and I hope it's not ever from me, but there can't be like, like, it's like everybody should be working with a light show behind them. I, you know what I mean, everybody has the capacity. If like, yeah. if you're listening to this right yeah. now and you're like, I don't know what the heck they're talking <laughs> about. You just like have to be like, it's like all of a sudden you'll be like, I'm not alone. And I'm with every ancestor. I'm with, I mean, I'm with my people, I, wherever I originally came from. I'm with, I'm, I'm with the people I'm helping heal in my generational patterns, you know, like the generational history. It's like, it's like we're all in it together and that's where the bigger connection comes from. But that light show is so powerful because once you recognize it, there's nothing you can't do. There's nothing you can't do. Here's something even, I mean, I'm not, Michael Lennox, I'll use him as an example, just because it was recent. He's an astrologer and a very deeply committed spiritual practitioner. He has tremendous shamanic capabilities. And he comes to me to get a crystal and he's like, yeah, I always want to get the one that's going to get me psychic. And I'm like, dude, you are psychic. I mean, we're, and this is my point. We're all psychic. I grew up reading those Lois Duncan books and all those Christopher, like all those supernatural books being like, I wish I was psychic. I wish I had an ESP. I do. I just wasn't, I wasn't not so much, I just didn't believe it. I think I just didn't, I think I thought that people were gifted and I wasn't. And the truth is like what we're saying, everyone can do this. And eventually it just comes down to people who decide to put it into action. Like anyone can write a book. You decide to sit down and actually write it. There is a discipline, I think, to practicing what we're talking about, to have more of an experience of it, because you do have to shift out of a belief system that somehow you're not capable of it. And it's really all all about letting go of all those belief systems on every single level and emptying yourself, right? It's letting go of them. And again, trusting that we already know that we are remembering who we are. I'll give an example. Um, there's a really great documentary about George Harrison. It's called George Harrison in the Material World. And it came out like 10 years ago, I think. And there's an interview where he and John Lennon, it's in the 60s, it's in black and white. And they're in one of those like 1960s talk shows. And the, the, the interviewer is this like total poindexter in like a black suit and a skinny black tie and black glasses. And he's like, so he's like, this mystical experience that you're having in, in blah, blah, blah. And John Lennon is checked out. He's just like, fuck this. He's so bored. George Harrison is like, he's engaging, but they're both kind of like, this dude does not get it. And he, and so George Harrison finally says in that really beautiful way, he's like, there's nothing mystical about it. It's your own ignorance that makes it mystical. And it's the sense of other. It's the sense of that person can do it and I can't. It's that sense of, well, I don't have time or, and I think for many, and I'm just going to suggest this for many people, you don't want to know. It's very safe to stay mundane and muggle. And I'm not dismissing that there people got to do what they got to do to feel safe, to feel connected, to feel good, to, you know what I mean? Have at it. And 
if someone's sitting there and is thinking, I think I want to try something beyond this muggle life. And I'm just using the term muggle as a very easy reference to what we would say is sort of straightforward conservative day to day. And then there's people that are more interested in having a more mystical experience with their lives. So, you know, anyone can do it if you, if you decide you want to. So I just started writing down my channels and well, that sounds good. Or is that weird of me? Is that strange? Like, am I making that up? I don't know. What do you mean by your channels? Like, so where you're, you're getting your information from? Right. So I'll sit down and I'll just journal and I'll just write down what I did the day before just to kind of get my hand moving and have the physical action of it. And I'll just feel kind of a click maybe where I shift into a, just a different, maybe it's a different brainwave state even where I'm just like, well, what, what's coming forward? Like this morning I wrote, as I was writing, I wrote down 530 HZ, 530 Hertz, megahertz. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, huh. So when I was finished with the session, I texted my friend who's an audiologist and I was like, Hey, what's 530 HZ? And she's like, well, that's the sound freak. 528 HZ is the frequency for repairing human DNA. And I'm like, well, that's fucking interesting. I didn't know that. Now, is there a possibility that I was tapping into a collective unconscious that somewhere in my life I had heard that and I knew that? Yeah, very possibly. And it's coming forward. So, and, you know, my thought pattern is matching to that word. I'm writing it down. I'm in, and I'm going after it afterwards to inquire about it. Right. So to, what I, what, to answer your question is I'm just, I'm not letting anything get by me at this point all the thoughts that come in, the ideas and the little, that's weird. Why would I think of that? I'm not taking any of it for granted. And I'm disciplining myself, which is a discipline to take a pen and paper and write it down. And maybe it'll mean something later. Maybe it won't. Um, last night I made that grid and I have it on my Instagram and I just was, I was just fucking around. I'm like, Oh, I think I'm going to play Blondie and I'm going to put these down. And all of a sudden I was finished with this grid and I'm like, what the and as I'm finishing, the word Aztec spaceship comes in. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck is an Aztec spaceship? Like, what? And I'm like, am I, am I cultural appropriating? Like, what does that mean? And, and I walked away and I texted my friend and she texted me back this Google screenshot. And she's like, apparently it is a thing. And it was a thing. And like, the ni- in 1948, there was a... Um, and sometimes we need proof. Like, sometimes... You know, like for me, like when I got the 48, the 46 photos and the 48 and I'm like, what does this mean? And then, and then I said, what do you want me to do with this? And they're like, this is your next book. And then I went into the DNA. Then they sent me exactly the podcast to research. Then I found Dr. Bruce Lipton. Then I got an interview with Dr. Bruce Lipton. Then I started working with his work and then I applied it to pregnancy. Then they said, go to Mary Magdalene's land. This is the original place where, you know, then they said, go up to Scotland. Then they said, go down to Glasgow. You know, and I would just go what I would say, and it didn't make any logical sense, but you have to let go of logical when you're going through this. And you also have to, if you need it, you may not, eventually you won't need it, but I needed science. I would be like, because it's like, you're still on, you're still in this form and you cannot believe that the unruly, the, the magical, the the unbelievable, the miracles are pouring in at such a rapid pace. Yeah. I mean, just to tell you where, when I moved to Brooklyn, 
I heard it was so, it was such a beautiful experience. I heard it was so unbelievable. They said, please leave your life, move mm-hmm. to Brooklyn and you will find a temple. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't, I've never been to Brooklyn. And I was like, okay. So I went, I took a flight to Brooklyn. I looked at one place. I found a church. Where were you living originally? I was in Ireland. I left my whole life. I went through a massive awakening. Oh, wow. Another massive awakening, but a massive, massive, massive experience. It's a a book in itself. Um, So I I said that I heard move to, you know, move to, um, Brooklyn, you'll find a temple. Don't worry. We'll take it's taken care of. First part yeah. that I look at is in a church. And on the book I'm writing, Fertile, is is about the dove. So it's about like, and I had just read that morning about this meditation they give me with the dove. And then I saw the, the symbols of the Cathor. And then I saw the number 888 on it, which is the number I wrote about in Fertile, about creating the conscious child, the Christ consciousness child. Yeah. This is all in the church that I, I said... And then I went into the apartment, which is number eight, which is a significance for me. And I said, this is where I'm supposed to live. Later, I am sitting at the apartment. And do you know Jen, Jen Long? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Jen Long goes, you know, Chelsea, you live on Adelphi Street. <laughs> and, and I said, what do you mean? And, and I didn't even think about it. And she goes, to Delphi. And I said, oh, that's funny. I, I haven't read this book. So I grabbed a book off the, the you know, off the shelf yeah. And it was um it was about the ancient temple birthing temples of Delphi and the one for the Pallades has a dove oh. as the symbol. So these places would have these ancient temples would yeah. use symbols to so each of these ancient temples these birthing temples around the world which you went to some in, in when you were in traveling. Yeah. Yeah. In Scotland, and I'm sure there's some in Scotland, and I know not as many in Scotland. I don't know, but I feel like they're 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 basically uh, portals. You know, Rosslyn Chapel is a portal, and it's oh. a portal to temples that are in the higher realms. Right, right. And so the temple's actually not on Earth. The temple is a it's the 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 structure is the portal that gets you to the temple, which is in the third eye or the astral body that right. goes up. So when they moved the temple of Philae in um it was it moved and they they put at the aswan dam the dam there yeah because they didn't want anyone to tap into the ability to have that sort of travel we know this yeah yeah but anyway each of these temples had specific symbols and the symbols would tap you in with a sound and like and then that was the whole system that's why the sounds the crystals the the colors the vibration and the auric field it matters but you were saying earlier you were saying um, you're tapping into a certain frequency, basically. And it's, and I wanted to say something as so people are listening. If you're in fear right now and you're not having any of these uh, wild experiences, maybe you're having conspiracy theory freakouts. Maybe you're on the, um, maybe you're fearful of getting sick. Maybe you're not leaving your home. Maybe, you know, you're in a totally different timeline reality than what we're talking about. That's okay because there's a there's not any better to what our reality is or to what your reality is. It's all just like a radio. It's like a frequency. Right. right? And if I and if I may insert too, we are both talking at this place right now where you and I, I don't know your entire story, you don't know my we've gone through a lot of shit and a lot of destruction, a lot of dismantling of our lives already. 
So I come to this podcast as someone who's actually just meditating a lot, feeling okay. I've already had so many personal experiences in my life that have got me here. Yeah. So as everything's dismantling around me, I'm kind of, I'm not above it. I'm not dismissing it, but I've had, I've already had, I've already dealt with. Yes, me too. We've done deep work with, and I'm not saying that we're ahead. I'm not ahead of anybody. I'm not behind anybody. I am where I am. And I can speak with more confidence in navigating so much uncertainty just because I have years, I've been working at this for years. I mean, in a very mundane way, my husband and I were dealing with a lawsuit and then we had to move. And I mean, this job went away, that job went away. And it got to the point where I was prostrate on a yoga mat, just weeping, hearing a mantra. And, you know, Michael Lennox says to me, he's like dying to self to be reborn, dying to self to be reborn. And if people feel like they're walking through a fire, yeah, you are walking through a fire. And I think what you can say is it's going to be okay. We want, we're, we're holding a space for everybody, I think, in this moment of transformation and deep fear, deep anxiety. And I'd love to be like, it's going to be great, everybody, because it's going to be hard, too. There's, there's challenge. Like there's, there's lots of dismantling that's happening right now. And I just want to acknowledge that because I've, I'm not saying I've been, oh, been there, done that, but kind of been there, done that. There's going to be more. And that's why we have yoga practices. We have meditation practices. We have these things to help facilitate us. Um, and the, the fear and anxiety, like there's, there's so many ways for us to, to work with that because it's just energy. So like, right. And it's, it's like a radio station. And and the reason that part of the reason that I've gotten here was not only these experiences knocked me off my feet, caught me on fire, took me through the element, brought me back to earth. And, but I also have a strong meditation practice and that tunes me into a, if I miss my meditation practice, my frequency's off. I mean, it's one thing to hear a conspiracy theory and that, but it's another thing to be running the station of only that. It's like, okay, let's have the knowledge of what's going on. Let's have the knowledge. There's you know, massive control things. There's have the knowledge that there could be fear of this virus, but let's have a neutral mind to, to navigate that this virus could be real. I mean, it's real, but what is, what's really going on? You know, but the conspiracy theories, my opinion, and this is my opinion is it's a spectrum. There is spectrum. There's truth to the conspiracy. Absolutely. There's truth. Then there's plausibility. And then you got to consider where you're getting your source of information because there's plausibility. But it's just all about the news. I mean, all the whole news is is all, it's this, it's like, how can you navigate the negative and the positive mind to stay in a place of neutrality, even with what we're speaking about? We might not make any, until it occurs to you and you have your own experience of massive expansion, it will not make any logical sense. And it, but because you are now listening to someone that's had an experience that's outside of your realm of understanding, it's possible for you to then expand to that too, because you know, it exists. And that's a magical thing. It is a magical thing. And what, what we were talking about earlier too, 
this, the, you know, this, the synchronicities, the, the, I call it the universe winking at you when like the license plate goes by and it's, it's just that one word that you were thinking earlier that day. And you're like, wow, it's like, I consider those winks from the universe to remind everybody that synchronicity is here and magic is here. And on a very basic level, that's, that's what the crystals do for me is being able to say to someone, you know what? I know this, this rose quartz is not going to solve your problems. It's not holding this rose quartz is not going to make everything go away. And what it can do is it can make you think of the person who gave it to you with love and appreciation and gratitude. And it's, just, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty thing for me to look at right now that nature made that no one has influenced that Hey, maybe it does carry a frequency of unconditional love. Sure. I, why not? Why not? And my feeling is even like the word placebo effect, which I think is such a, I think it's such a, um, a government cover up. <laughs> no, I just, the, the term placebo effect makes people want to like write something off. And I'm like, uh-uh, placebo effect is probably one of the most powerful, powerful pills anyone can take because what, what, what can change your mind? If something can change your mind, if you can change your thinking, you, you are having sovereignty over your thinking. You have sovereignty over your mind and your brain and your choices and your discernments. So if this, this rose quartz is going to make you believe that there's more love in the world, that there's more love in your life, that there's more love to be had, then I'm all in. I don't care if you can't measure it with some scientific instrument that there is a frequency. I think you can, but I'm fine with that. I'm fine with someone feeling a little bit better in a way that doesn't require them to take a chemical or, you know, even go through some rigorous training. But if something's going to make you feel a little bit better, I'm all in because I think it's kind of why I stopped drinking, for example. I did, I, I, I love my wine. It was, it was fun. And I started doing yoga and I was going through this lawsuit and I realized I needed every bit of energy that I could have in order to get through it. It also didn't help that I woke up in the middle of the night with Yogi Bhajan literally yelling in my ear, you're too sensitive. You can't handle this after I had like a glass of wine. You don't want Yogi Bhajan yelling at you in your dreams. Really, you Did that in a dream with you? Yeah. Well, just, just to finish that thought, um, I was like, you know, I love the wine. It's delicious, but you know, I'm not good for a few, a few hours after I don't feel good physically. I'm tired the next day I'm dragging. And I'm like, if it's taking away even like 3% of my energy, I need every fucking percent I can to get through this, you know, strong. And, and I'm not saying don't, don't drink. I know plenty of people that do and whatever I'm, I know for me, I, I need that sobriety personally. So same thing, anything that I think is taking my energy away, even in, even in a, a minor way, I try to be a watchdog on and keep away from it. It's, you know, watching the news, that kind of thing. Anything that's going to help my energy, even a little bit, I'm all in. It's like, I will take anything, anything I can to keep elevated, to keep light, to keep motivated and optimistic. Mm. Can I tell you about a dream I had about rose quartz and have you read it for me? Yeah. Then Guru Jagat and Tegnam's house and Tegnam answered the door 
Uh-huh. And they let me in their home. And I had given too much rose quartz away. I had given like six pieces of massive, beautiful rose quartz away. And he's like, in real life. In, in, all, in my dream. Okay. Okay. But it's like I had overgive, overgave, right? And so I, I, and I woke up thinking, oh God, that must have been rose quartz. So I was looking around and I felt a little bit guilty taking it back. So I ended up leaving with a blanket. And I think finally, maybe I took one piece of rose quartz. So does that mean I'm not receiving love? I'm afraid to ask for love is the blanket. Tell me what that means on a level of like, why rose quartz? Why did he bring me that? When you started talking about the rose quartz, I was, I'm, and I'm started like jamming and I'm thinking, well, rose quartz is actually super accessible. There's, there's lots of rose quartz. There's no, it's almost like rose quartz is an example of abundant love. Like there's kind of no shortage to it. There's the, and it's not super expensive either. Like you can, it's, it's accessible. I gift rose quartz all the time because it's easy for me to get. And it's, Rose quartz is the sort of, it's the common denominator love. Like it's, when you describe it in like a metaphysical term, it's more like the, it's a Venus love. It's an earth love. It's a, it's a common love. When you talk about something like Kunzite, that's a, that's like a a galactic love, a cosmic love. It's sort of like rose quartz, like the personal planets, like the Mercury, the Venus. Those are our social planets. Those are the planets that have to do with our everyday life. A piece of Kunzite is more of a, oversweeping over you know what i mean so i would say they're saying so wait they you gave them too much rose quartz? i gave too much rose quartz away so i gave it all away and then okay. I, I was going to take so not answer the door as the male yeah and then Scooby Jacket was in the house. So this is the lineage yeah. represented, yeah. right? In a, in a conscious relationship or what, yeah. you know, like a love. And I didn't leave with rose quartz. I, I left with a beautiful blanket, protective blanket. Like, a, yeah. like and so I thought, oh God, so I've been analyzing it, you know, is it because I, you know, gave too much love away and I can't receive love or, you know, I get, I get a silly blanket, Think about a blanket, a blanket you push, you, you wrap around yourself. You get, you give your, it's, I think that's self-love. They're saying, look, don't worry about the rose quartz. There's plenty, there's plenty everywhere. Rose quartz also think about it, it's a hard rock and it's very, very resilient. Like you can take a bath with rose quartz. You can't take a bath with many crystals because they'll disintegrate. And rose quartz is hardy. It's a quartz, it's a silicate. It's really one of those like, unmovable, unshakable love, which is what love is. Love is, love is not um, anything but love. It's a principle. My friend Kate Roger teaches this class, The Mechanical Universe, where she talks about principle, which is love is love. There's no, like, like the part is in the whole. There's no lack of love. There's no, there's no over, I mean, love just simply is. And so, what they're saying, I think what, what they're saying is there's different facets of love too. And that unmovingness, unshakable, rock solid, rose quartz love, you can't, you don't worry about it. There's plenty what you are. And also don't worry about giving too much away. And I think what they're saying is, girl, go give yourself some love. Go, go you know, snuggle with yourself, 
Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, a blanket is, is like, it's, it's so indicative of like a baby blanket swaddled, like wrapped in, you know, wrapped in its blanket or, you know, you know, we joke about like, you know, this whole COVID, like everyone's on the couch in blankets. I mean, I came back from Scotland with three fucking blankets. I was like, I just, there's something about what, there was something about wanting to wrap that country around me. Mm-hmm. And think about it, it's your teacher, your teacher giving you the blanket. So maybe they're also saying, you know, take the teachings, take the practice, wrap it around you. This is our gift to you. Take comfort in this too. Yeah, that it was right in the COVID thing. And I was just like, what an intro, you know, when they come to you in dreams. Yeah. So anyone listening, when you start to practice Kundalini yoga and you get kind of initiated into it, you just like, they come to you in dreams and the dreams are healings. I mean, I woke up after one dream and I had um, equivalent of Giardia for 40 days because I got a healing. I mean, I, I lost 15 pounds. I was throwing up. I had diarrhea. I didn't have anything in my system. No one could find anything. And then 40 days later to the day, I got cleaned yeah. out. Never did another drug in my life. It's time to clean up, you know? And then that was years and years and years and years ago. But then I was like, okay. So I learned my lesson, right? And then, then the next is whatever you're... Whatever they say to do, you just do it and it'll be subtle or intense, right? It can be anything. And, and you know, we, they, they, they taught this to us in teacher training. Like, if you're cool with the status quo, if you like how your life's going, don't do kundalini yoga. It will disrupt. It will break up patterns. It will, it will move and shake things. But, you know, people that like us that are like, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. You know, it's expected, but a lot of people, I know someone who, you know, I know lots of people who've been like, yeah, I tried it and it really messed me up that day. And I was like, Ooh, I don't want that. And I'm like, yeah, that's, that's totally fine. Like that, that can happen. If you do decide that you want to kind of go for it, then you just go for it. It's nothing. You know what I mean? And it's not the only path. I mean, I've had two wonderful teachers in my life and one of them was as a strong Buddhist and very in her body, very embodied, very earth or, you know, there's different realms of reading. There's different dimensions of seeing things. And I very rarely does she even say the word alien galactics or anything. I don't think I've ever heard her say it, but she's one of the most in tune people ever. She has a strong Buddhist practice and she's taught me everything. And I have another teacher that our converse, common conversations are galactics and ships and, yeah. and higher dimensions and um, ancient lineages and DNA and the light codes and those kind of things. And so those two different practices have really taught me that there's not one way to get somewhere and it doesn't really matter. It's just as far as you, it's like whatever you want to have a bigger experience of, which we've always been taught. Right. It's cool. And I think it's also cumulative and it's, it's a, it's a constantly winding road. And um, when, when I took the teacher training, one of the best teachings was it's a before we we're showing you what the buffet is and you just decide what you want to take from it. Like if it's just a three minute breath practice later on that helps calm you down before going to a meeting. Great. It's like what I was, you know, with a crystal, if it, if it makes you feel a little bit better, if it makes your day a little bit better, great. And I'll have people come to me and they'll be like, oh my God, transcendental meditation is my thing. And I'm like, that's great. Like my husband does not do Kundalini yoga and God bless him. Like he's living around like thousands of pounds of crystals and tankas and mantras and, and he puts up with it. But his thing is, is, is Bikram yoga, hot yoga. 
And so, you know, we're in this COVID and he's bought all these space heaters and took over our bathroom and that's the Bikram yoga studio. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh, I'm just delighted that he has a thing. I'm so, so grateful. He has a thing that he does that makes him feel good and, you know, does what he, and I would, I don't think he's ever been to a Kundalini yoga class, which is, I mean, as long as he has something that, that even if, even for him, if, well, I don't know. I was going to say, even if like it was like video games, but I don't know. I might not want him to do that too much. <laughs> so, um, I thought yeah, we were going to, I thought we were going to talk about like how to set up like a Rose Croats altar. And then we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, um, maybe we'll just teach everyone how to like make an altar. And then it didn't go there. Very, very quickly. Cause one thing I love is traditional feng shui, black hat feng shui. Um, if you want for bringing in partnerships for, um, for activating and energizing and just giving some love to that area of your life, then when you walk in the front door of where you live, um, I guess picture a tic-tac-toe board, like nine squares and picture your front door in that bottom middle square. So the whole house is laid out in front of you. Yeah. Um, that's what's called the bagua, the, the kind of grid for traditional feng shui. And as you're standing in your front door, far, uh, sorry to be not dyslexic, far right-hand corner of the house, so the top right square of that tic-tac-toe board is the relationship corner. And so wherever that is, first of all, you want to make sure it's clean because you don't want to mess your relationship. And uh, two rose quartz. If you have two rose quartz in that area. That's my kitchen. So what do I do if it's a little, you know, my kitchen sort of like that? Just, you-, you know what? Just keep it in mind. Just okay. keep it in mind. This is my relationship corner. And with that kind of consciousness applied to it, you'll find, I mean, it's, it's partially mine too. So every now and then I'll be like, well, what's, you know, there's a bunch of dirty dishes over here. All right. So let's make sure that either I don't stack them there or I just kind of keep it cleaner. And make it pretty. Just yeah. how would you... In the kitchen, I think, is a really powerful place to have your relationship corner because it's nurturing. It's where... It's it's the food. It's, it's how you... It's it's how you keep everyone healthy. And it's where a lot of people convene and have dinner. So uh, the number two is, is the feng shui number for relationships because, you know, two. So whatever you have there, if you can have two of them. Mm. So maybe you have, like two little lovebird salt and pepper shakers, or maybe you have like, you know, the two rose quartz, or maybe you have two little plants, but um, anything that gives life that has like vibrancy and the color pink, the color pink is, is very good. And also um, red is more the fame and reputation, which is sort of square over, but red, I mean, have red because maybe you don't want some pink blushing little flirty relationship. You want some hot sex and passion to it too, mm-hmm. but just keep it in mind. And, and also just check in with how you feel. Like so much about like what you feel in your heart. Like this is, is this what I want to give to a person? Is this what I want to receive from a person? What's being played out here in my little kitchen area? So yeah, I would say two two rose quartz and start where you are. If you're on a budget, get two tumbles like that. You're like, this is where I am right now. These are the seeds that I'm going to plant. If you're in a position to like go big, get two big ones and say, nope, I am ready. I'm investing. Let's do it. Let's go. Um, and have fun. Everything, everything about all of this 
is to have fun, in my opinion, because the the hard work, the stress, the anxiety, that's all more than more than available and present from our external forces. I think for us to come from a place of playfulness, I know that's I've had days where I'm like, fuck this. This is not fun. This is not playful. This sucks. And you know, it's a mood. It's a mood that I'm in. It's a phase that I'm in. It's a cycle that I'm in. I just take that all into consideration. But what I like to just offer to people is start small parlor tricks, card tricks, little, little games with myself to see, is there magic in the world? Is there magic? Is there enchantment? Can I believe in that? Can I give myself just a break and say that rose on that street corner is just stunning. And I'm going to just, accept that and say, this is my little bit of magic right now. Right. And, and let's see what happens, build on that because nothing, you know, the pyramids were not moved in a day that we're aware of. <laughs> and I think that I just, I believe the part is in the whole, the, the smallest crystal can, can bring the same amount of energy as like the giant geode in a, in a, in a quantum way. If we, if, you know, one, what is it like one through the eye of the needle or I don't know, there's some old like see one seed, one little tiny seedling of belief will sprout a great tree. I don't know. (laughs) I'm not up on my uh, biblical texts, (laughs) but I think I, we know what I'm saying. That's awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much. Absolutely. So if somebody wants to buy crystals, even though we didn't talk about crystals, but <laughs> I completely had you on to speak about crystals and like, how do we amplify our homes? And then we start talking about galactics. So um, people can find me on Instagram. I'm the crystal situation. And I'm also the underscore crystal underscore curator. Um, but the crystal situation, you'll, you'll find me there for sure. And, you know, we can go from there. And, and I also say like, yes, I absolutely have like a shit ton of crystals. And in this period, if you have a, if there's a crystal store that you like to go to, that is a kind of your thing, your person, everybody, everybody needs the support. And I'm really like, you know what I mean? Like if, if there's a place that you like to go to a person you like to go to, you know, give them a call because it's, I'm all there's 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 more than enough work for everyone around and crystals all around and people have unique pieces and that's you know that's just how how the crystal lands and uh it's just a it's just a, it's a beautiful matrix there's a there's a matrix of crystals out there and just a quick question before we go how do we if we have a bunch of crystals in our house already how do we make sure that they actually work are they always working or is there like you said to put them under the full moon? What is, what do we do? So there's, there's a couple of opinions about that. Um, like my friend Kelly Knight who runs modern mystic in Atlanta, you know, she says, no, I don't think crystals need to be cleansed. Meaning like with, with sage or Palo Santo. I am, I personally like to commune with my crystals periodically with some sage with, I, I do it as a ritual as to sort of tune in and check in with the crystals that I own 
and just, it's like checking on your plants and seeing, does the plant need a little water? Does it need a little love? Because the crystal is always working. The crystal is always, always, and that's why Kelly says they don't need cleansing. They're, per- they're perfect already. The frequency is always happening. And it is. I think it's more of our experience as conscious individuals to give ourselves a conscious experience of checking in with the crystal. I think crystals, um, I'm, st- I'm still kind of in inquiry with that. Like, do they feel my love? Do they, do they like me to check in with them? I think they do. And I think they're pretty independent. It's like my dog kind of does not want me like gushing all over him. He's like, that's quite enough. Thank you. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'll back off. Um, so I don't know. I think it's a, it's, it's just, again, experience that people can do. It's like, how do I feel? Do I feel like the crystal is responding to me by, by checking in with it, by doing ritual, by putting it out in the moon? Um, I don't do it all the time. I just don't have time to like haul them all out, but sometimes I'll take a, a ring and again, it's, it's my belief. If I put my ring out here and, I, and I'm going to let the moon empower it with its Taurus energy, that's for me. That's for me to, to feel when I put the ring on and for me to be like, oh no, I'm wearing my magic ring today that was out in the Taurus full moon. So everything's going to be okay. You know, it's, you know, Harry Potter, when he has that Felix, Felicitas, whatever, like the good luck, he has this good luck serum that he drinks yeah. and he and everything goes his way and he's just so excited. And I think somebody like switched it out and they're like, you weren't really drinking it actually. You were just, it was back to placebo. Oh, placebo. And then there you go. It's like, so whatever, like I said, whatever's going to make you, if you think you need to clean your crystal, then you need to clean your crystal because there's a part of you that thinks something needs to be done. And I don't know why you think that. And you may not know why you think that, but just do it. And stop thinking Somebody's about talking it. to you from another planet telling right. you to do it. <laughs> yeah, right. We don't know. Do <laughs> Keep it open annoying, mind. If it's annoying you and nagging at you, that's draining you. Right, so right. Just, like swipe it with some Palo Santo and get on with it. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Thank you.